I'm pulling up the discussion points from. Well, you got the three hacks with you of the Minot Curling Club. Between two sheets, episode number eight, Nolan Axton here with you with my two good friends. Boys, introduce yourself today. Clay Feldner. Wesley Mason. And we are recording in a new studio, my living room, just so everyone's aware. A brand spanking new location. Yeah, we, uh, we we changed venues because I had to do intensive research for today, which we'll get into, we, but we, we got, got updates first. We got so. a really good episode coming at you here. Um, but yeah, we'll start with the updates. Um, good things going on at the club. I mean, league, league nights have been going great. It's been a good turnout. I don't think there's been many games that have been missed. There's always a, a full house, it seems to be. Yeah, and actually, I recently peaked in my league competition. Um, do you know... What I'm referring to. Uh, I beat Nolan's team yeah. on Wednesday. So, well, so that was that was good. Actually, the drill cam team. It's not Nolan's oh, team. Oh, well, you were skipping, so it looked yeah. a lot like your team. And there was that moment even... where I said, hey, Nolan, you want to come curl with me? for me? And you, I was you hopped on that immediately. You were enthusiastic. I was very enthusiastic. Yeah, we did not curl good. <laughs> West, West stuck it to us, Clay. I'm sorry. It was actually I, pretty close. I'm, I'll never miss another game. I think I'm retiring. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been sitting on that since one day. I was like, as soon as we won, I was like, I'm mentioning on the podcast. I'm mentioning. I didn't say that's it to you because I knew you knew that's why I was, that really, I was thinking that. Really hoping you had a cat. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't <laughs> so have to I come. I didn't have to come because <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, league nights have been good. Uh, we got Bonspiel's coming up really quick. Actually, we're in the two-week countdown for Winterfest, which is our first big Bonspiel of the year. Mm-hmm. Actual Bonspiel. Obviously, we had a couple of fun spiels and things like that. But the first big Bonspiel of the year is the Winterfest Bonspiel. Um, that's two weeks away, coming up February 10th and 11th. Yep. Uh, it sounds like we're getting really close to full as well. Yeah, yeah if, if you've been waiting, now is the time because it will fill up, and I don't think there's an option to add in many more spots there. So register now. Last I had heard was two spots remaining. So we're at um, 18 out of 20 yeah. then, yeah. Could be tentative if, if a team drops out, keep your ear to the ground. But why wait? Like, like Clay said, get your team in right away. Uh, second up is the Curl for the Cure. Um, registration is open for that. I know we're going to have the gals for curl for the cure on the podcast here, hopefully in the next week or two to talk a little bit about what that event is, what they do and kind of what the format is for that as well. So stay tuned in, in later episodes for that, as well as the shirt sleeve, which is coming up at the end of March, early April. That's the big one. Yep. Uh, we're rolling in close to that too. And we'll, we'll keep you updated with that as well. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on? I know we talked about registration last week. We're good on registration. It sounds like all done. Just bond spiels here on out. Yeah, um, I uh, I don't have the date in front of me, but uh, we did pick a date for our outdoor curling event. Um, that should be the first weekend in March, I believe. What is that? Third, uh, third fourth, and fifth. Third, fourth, fifth. So yeah. I think what we're looking at is uh, it'll depend on who ends up organizing it um, with me. But uh, I think we're going to try and do like an open house family day. And then I think we're going to try and do one day or afternoon, similar to like a fun spiel format, kind of more for the club members to come down and uh, maybe try curling uh, on outdoor ice and see what that's all about. Let's, um, let's hope for more mild temperatures than we have right now because it is frigid out it there. It is nippy out there. I was on uh, Devil's Lake in their fishing tournament. Uh, yesterday and, yeah uh, i got cold and i don't I, normally get cold well so i mean was, it was what dash two i i think it was like and eight below and it was eight below Fahrenheit. on the truck when we got out and it was eight below on the truck when we got back in yeah, you were in celsius that's, yeah, that's that like minus Freedom 25 units. yeah yeah it's chilly it's chilly <laughs> my canadian father-in-law even went and uh, sat in the 
pickup, you know, halfway through because he had to warm up. And I was like, well, if the Canadian guy's cold, you know, it's cold. It's it's really hard to put on a tough face. Me speaking as a Canadian, you try to never be cold, but we still feel it. <laughs> well, it, you know. it gets us all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so we got the outdoor event, and then uh, in other news, too, nothing to do on this action item, but we are ordering hats for the club. So we're going to get some hats, and uh, this year we're going to do um, what they call them, little badges, too. So if you're into sewing or want it for your motorcycle vest, we'll have those and some stickers. Tooks? Tooks and ball caps? We got tooks and ball caps, yep. Tooks, right and on. this year we're doing beanies without the palm, because um, I've liked our old beanies, but sometimes you got that palm on there, and it's it's a it's, it's clearance issue, you know, getting in and out of your car. Hard to fit under a hard hat. Hard to fit under a hard hat, so we're going to do more of a, a regular beanie, and then uh, we'll have our, our classic flex fit caps, and we've got, a, I think, a pretty sweet, uh, like, five-panel so, trucker cap, too. So, I'm excited so, for those. I saw the mock-up. Yeah, yeah. So what special stuff did you dig up here for this episode here, Wes? What? So I went back in the old archives. So I was like, you know, I was talking about the club getting founded in 1905, and I've regurgitated that uh, quite a lot over the years and gave like a loose history lesson. Well, oh, we used to play down by the river, and then in the 20s we got a permanent structure. And it turns out that, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, step on anyone's toes who told me that information, but I have, I have different information about that that i've pulled up from the newspaper article alternative so facts yeah alternative facts thank you i was looking for the term i have alternative facts um so we were on like the uh the periodicals you know those old like web pages i didn't have to go sit in the library at like a microfiche and like actually roll tape to view these it's all nice and digitized by like the lab- library of congress and you can search for keywords um but i've been pouring through like old uh, newspaper articles looking for stuff and i've compiled that here today and we we're going to do some history stuff just talk about like when we think the club got started and like what that looked like and some some things there and then we found a great article to close on and some other notable ones so so how do we yeah. uh, how do we want to get well, started with okay oh. so starting out here it looks the the first page i'm seeing let, let's start chronologically here i see an article from 1909 curling range may be built so yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think I did find one earlier reference to curling, um, but I couldn't pull it up for this one. Um, so yes, first interest in the sport looks like it was right around turn of the century in the 1900s. With 1909, they were making motions to get yeah, the club started. So, so just getting into this one, curling range may be built 1909. It looks like they were just starting to get things. Um, the first line of this article is probably yes. one of my favorites. Go ahead. Curling is one of the finest sports there is. Yes, Love it. it's the sport of kings. Yes, spoken quite well. Yes, but. that stood the test of time too. You know, it's like one thing for us to say that, but they were saying that over a hundred years ago too. Right. Yeah, so. but before they really even knew what the game was outside of the Scotsman and everything that were here, obviously. But yep. um, so yeah, back in 1909, like Clay was saying, is when they first started making talks of forming a curling club and making a building for it. Yep, exactly. Then we we jump a little bit ahead here. It looks like 1914. I concur. In the Fargo paper, work started on the Magic City ice rink. And Wes, you did a little bit of research on here location-wise. It said work on the new enclosed ice rink at the Minor Curling Club was started on the grounds opposite the Great Northern Railroad Station. Yeah, and so looking that up, um, found a nice article from some train nerds, and they said that the Great Northern is what now the Amtrak station is. So mm-hmm. the Great Northern Railroad is the Amtrak station in town right by uh, the little coffee shop and the cop shop and the library. So, so that was where our first rink was. So just hit the pause button before we hop. I know we're hopping chronologically. Uh, this one does say 
work on the new enclosed rink. Did you find any history as far as outdoor curling in Minot, or was that not documented overly well? I don't know if it, I didn't find anything, but it's like it's tough for me because like when I was searching, you know, it's hard to do like Minot and curling because like they've had hair curling products for hundreds of years. So yeah. if you just search Minot curling, you get a lot of um, fluff in there. But like if you search Minot curling club, then you start getting like these articles that actually pertain to like our club and the history of curling in town. Um, so they're very well me may have been more curling down on the river Some, out there and that's what sure. that lines up with like what i'd heard you know right. starting out here so um, this original structure it looks like i'm just kind of scanning through it here the cost of i'm what i'm assuming is more of a original pole barn eight hundred dollars materials yeah give you an idea yeah <laughs> yeah lumber prices aren't quite like that anymore eh so and, and, and to note on there too I, I, you know I think that this one north of the Amtrak station, I think that this was more, it was a permanent, like I'm going to use, there was, there was stick and brick construction out there. So they built something out there. I think that was only a temporary home though. So we'll go look at the other articles in here. Right. right. Um, Just kind of going along here. Well, original um, club. So we, we did oh. curl down there for a couple of years. Well, At yep. least 1914, we were curling um, north of the Amtrak station in Minot. Along the lines of the cost, too, like th there was no refrigeration units or anything like that. So this is all natural light. So even though 800 bucks is a very minimal amount compared to what we're seeing nowadays. They were doing a lot less. They're well. doing quite a bit less. So. Oh, you know, we should have looked up what that is in like today's dollars too. I know like it's probably some astronomical number, like a hundred thousand. No, Nolan's getting the, <laughs> the, the calculator out the right now. Calculator. Okay. While he looks well, that yeah, up here, you're doing that. interesting fact, the club will consist of 45 members, which that's, that's a decent amount for something just starting out. Yeah, well that's enough to uh, fill all five sheets that we have now, right? Absolutely. You only need 40 people to do that. Um, so moving on with curling in Minot. So now we have an article from September 23rd, 1915. It says curling association will build three lots bought and a building 125 foot by 190 foot being built for curling and skating. Um, the Minot Curling and Skating Association, which uh, I think we have a supporting article that says they incorporated in the end of 1914, beginning of 1915. Um, they purchased buildings near the old tennis courts by fourth avenue southeast and clay you did some digging My, on this where is, that is right this is a little bit of assumed knowledge here i i could be wrong but fourth avenue to my knowledge that that is burdick expressway as it, it is known today so that's and the main east west street in minot yes so from what i am understanding in this just piecing a couple of historic facts together i believe this location was by the terrorhorst what is now the Terror Horse building. The structure would no longer exist, mm -hmm. but um, right there by the Sioux tracks, I believe is what we're, what we're, what we're assuming that original structure was. And that kind of lines up because permanent I, structure. I had been told that in the twenties, we moved into like a Quonset type building, which yeah. I, I'd imagine was not actually a Quonset like we think of now, but that was by like Minot Welding, I'd been told, which that building would be roughly south of where Minot Welding used to be in that area that's yep. now been demolished for the flood projects. Yep. So yep. If you had straight south there. So you, you is that Roosevelt Park? Right yes, by Roosevelt Park? That Roosevelt Park area. And yeah, a special note here. Uh, another interesting excerpt from this article. Hockey teams. Now, given this is 1914, hockey teams will no doubt later be formed. So an interesting fact here, it does appear that curling predates hockey in the city of Minot. We brought it. We brought it to Minot. Yeah. yeah. Because we built 
the rank. I say well, the royal we talking about hundred years ago, but yeah, yeah, we uh, uh, yeah, we're like, hey, we'll build this sweet uh, uh, curling and skating rink, and then uh, hockey will probably come in after us. And I think it did, right? Because yeah. all the hockey boosters they own a bar in town, and yeah. they're big. You know, how many hockey rinks the, we got? The sport itself of hockey would have been relatively new at that time as well. Um, so I, I do think that's something you've seen quite commonly with places building rinks they also added on like an outdoor rink sure. or they even use the curling surface for skating because they did state that they would flood regularly to keep the surface yeah. smooth yeah. and i actually wonder where, where they were flooding from was that like municipal water or do you think they were pumping out of the river pumping out of the mighty mouse Probably pumping very out of likely the river. because i mean keep in mind even with the rink by the great northern depot the river channel there used to be drastically different i mean it's been rerouted many times for flood protection since the 60s at it's not time. too far from there anyway. No, it's it's not only like far, a couple hundred feet. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if the river was very close at that time to the Great Northern Depot. Well, and how much higher do you think it was too? Like as all the no dams, dams that they've added in since then in the thirties, because um, this would have been before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the Garrison different. Dam wouldn't have been a thing. So like this was before like Skakawea. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, was Darling there? What, no, what kind Dar- of work did they do on the north side of the border? Was there boundary? Oh, yeah, was no, there like Darling. Yeah, it was yeah. all just original river channel at the time. Yeah. Um, with that t- same time frame, so I'm looking at the article from uh, October 21st, 1915, and the headline is Immense Curling and Skating Rink. Um, and I have a, a funny line from here because uh, in the article they're talking about getting this curling club going, um, you know, and they, they sold stock. So they, they, they raised funds and then they sold stock in the Curling Association for $25 each. Um, and so you would, you would buy your way in as a member with that. Um, at the end of it, they list like, you know, it's all these notable businessmen and stuff in town that were getting it going. <laughs> And they have uh, say like, oh, go talk to these guys and hand in your, uh, you know, your, your money and your paperwork to, to be a supporting member um, and, and have stock in it. And they say it is in no way a money making scheme and the only expenses incurred must be raised. And I would like to emphasize the first part there. It is in no way a money making scheme. And that's still true to this day. Don't make any money. <laughs> um, no, I know in the same article here, because I was pulling up my inflation calculator. Yeah, $7,000 uh, is what they were. That was the initial raise, yeah. Yeah, what they were guessing. $7,000 in 1914 had the buying power of about $210,000 today. Ooh. That's, that's, I would say that, that this is the property value, the, the, the value of the entire property pre, pre-rink. Is that what the seven I is? Think, I think this ties into when they built that permanent one by Terrorhorst, and they have different numbers here as the time goes on. So they start at $4,500, and I've seen it all the way up to 9000 they raised for building that facility. Sure. Um, and I, I, I was well through, like, 1919, I think, and they kind of pittered out on articles about building it, and they switched to more articles about using it, um, and they don't mention it as much. So I'm assuming $9,000 yeah. in 1916 money was, uh, like, the total cost of the first first it building. Looks like four sheets with an immense skating rink. A warming room and room for spectators. There's one in there too. They note that uh, the skating rink has no obstructions or poles in it because I imagine in old ones, you know, the you, you didn't have all the materials available, oh, yeah. so it's probably more common to have supports in the middle. You know, if, and you can picture that now, trying to get away with building a skating rink and having a, a wood pole, right you know, like a telephone it, pole, right? right in the middle of it, and you're like, well, that ain't gonna fly. You'll never get insurance. Well, even a curling rink with giant I beams going down the middle of your sheets that make it not regulation <laughs> size. Um, Another interesting one on this. I mean, we're we're just reading excerpts out of this right now, but uh, they were talking about the original organization happening in the in the basement of the public library, which I would assume is the Carnegie. But uh, I'm not positive if that was built. This is well before my time, and my not. 
well before when 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 did Carnegie die? Because that was like I was they, say, they had that because the whole thing with Carnegie was he had that uh, obituary that came out because someone had thought he died and he read his obit and like realized that like hey I'm a a, a capitalist monster or something I need to do something to massage my image and donated all that money to build the mm-hmm. libraries. I want to say that was in. 1910, We're getting pretty same close. era, so it's maybe right about there. Well, and a new library. Plans from that meeting. Opening day is the afternoon of Christmas Day. Right. Like, could you imagine trying to get away with that nowadays? <laughs> no, not <laughs> not that I think it wouldn't be allowed, but the fact that you would have zero people there. Exactly. It's like, hey, it's let's different time. Let's go down to the curling club and have a ball on Christmas. <laughs> what were your options in uh, 1915 on Christmas Day for things to do? A cooked goose for everyone. Was it a cooked Canadian yep. goose, though? Why? I don't know yeah, why. Straight from the, yeah, straight off the Cirrus River. Yeah. Well, probably because that's in, in uh, there's not many Canadians you know, hanging around sounding, in December. Curling <laughs> sounding pretty damn good compared to a boiled goose on Christmas. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. It's, boiled, it's probably boiled salted goose. and preserved. <laughs> it's yeah. Goose jerky with a side of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking at my, my next one here. Um, I, so I, I got it for the, for the listeners out there who actually can't view, even though we call you viewers all the time. Why we got to scan um, these in and post We got to scan them in. So, so this article's from 1916. Um, and it, the, the reason I, I snapshotted it here was because it talks about the Minot Auto Company has secured the immense building of the Minot Curling Club to store a portion of their cars in. Um, and I'm assuming this is during the off season. Uh, yeah. Cause it's July 20th. Summer revenue. So summer revenue, the curling club was was looking to innovate and they're like yeah you guys can store your cars in our building because natural ice they wouldn't have anything in there um the funny part for me is that there was an ad right next to it and the whole border of the ad was just a a design of like lines of swastikas because in 1916 uh that didn't have the connotation it has now so there's this nice article about uh storing cars in the minor curling club right next to like 27,000 swastikas 1916 world war one's not even over i mean no no they're currently fighting it i think this is right when the U.S. got into it too, this, right? 1916 is when the U.S. So. joined. And this yeah. is actually another thing I found interesting about this this excerpt you pulled out. Um, the vehicles they stored it was an Overland, and then the Willys Knight. Oh, so these are probably wartime vehicles that they had a surplus of. Oh, like Willys, like is it like Jeep? Willys Jeeps? Oh, I didn't even notice that yeah. when I screenshotted it. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Okay, that's okay. all my that's yeah. all my Chrysler training coming back. From yeah. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, it's interesting. You have, there's swastikas on there. It meant nothing at the time. At the time. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I think the swastika had a connotation yeah. with like East Asia, right? Yeah. And it was like a symbol for hope or like renewed the, well, or something. It, yeah. uh, it was not Nazi a party common, well, didn't exist. Yet. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a common yeah. border. You, you, you yeah. saw a lot of border, like. You, and a quilt. Someone made a quilt. Well, what's a really easy design to make in a quilt? Swastika. Corners. Yeah. 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 Something with corners. Something with corners. Yeah. A lot of corners. <laughs> um, now, getting into uh, what what I thought was very interesting. Um, so we have an article from December 5th, 1916. Um, it's talking about a delegate delegation to go to St. Paul. So Minot, North Dakota, December 5th. Minot will send a delegation to St. Paul Winter Carnival. Plans for the organization of the local delegation being made by the Minot Curling Club. Um, gibberish there. We're sending people to St. Paul for the carnival. There's a curling thing going on. Minot was prominent in the last carnival by reason of the fact that the only woman curler at the tourney was mrs l h kermont so i saw that and i was like well that's really interesting like this is right after the club got started like you know women were a part of it um like right from the get-go um and this 
this lady, L.H. Kermot, um, she went and even competed in St. Paul in 1916. Um, and it was it was notable then for, you know, I think the obvious I'd... reasons. Um, I got really interested and I tried to look her up. Um, and again, I just stumbled on this today, so I, I haven't dug all the way down on it. But L.H. Kermot was a, a local doctor in town. Um, fun fact about Mrs. L.H. Kermot, whose maiden name I still don't know yet. Um, she is listed as the founding president for the YWCA, the uh, Young Women's Christian Association, uh, the women's shelter in town. So, you know, a, a woman who has strong ties to our curling club was also very active in the community, and I would say uh, an outstanding citizen. So, fun well, curling club fact. And I think that's not only big for like the sport in Minot. I think that that's a that's a footnote for the sport in America because at the time, how many how many women actually competed in in a competitive sport? It wasn't a thing really. Yeah, this, I mean, this is was, a whole generation before a league of their own. Right. Yeah. This is just like <laughs> this yeah. is twenty years before a league of their own. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see, like, because she, she's probably going out there and competing against the men. Yeah, and probably doing just fine. Yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting note to add on too. It's just the history of that and how that got yeah. started in the game. Where did they get the rocks, by the way? I, I want to say uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. There's, There's a Winnipeg. note There's in there. Yeah, they drove up to. They drove was, up to uh, Winnipeg. There was TU something from uh, um, Grand Forks. Um, that was the very first page I had here. Let me find it. Yeah, the the gentleman uh, who had helped get the Grand Forks yeah. Club started, who was involved in the Minot one. T.U. Richmond. T.U. Richmond. Father of the Grand Forks rink and one of the prime movers in the Minot undertaking left yesterday. So this would be uh, December 26th. 1914. Of 1914. The day after Christmas. The day after, Boxing yeah. Day. Boxing Day. Which, what a Boxing come on Day. Now. The, well, I guess he left the day before, so nothing's going to be open in Boxing Day on, in Canada. Let's be real. Well, you can always get a curling stone in Canada, yeah, right? I mean, that's too. just like a law. But yeah, he took a took a trip up to Winnipeg on December twenty sixth of nineteen fourteen to get the curling stones. People are just eating their leftover boiled goose. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And I wonder if those were Scottish rocks then too. I assume they would be. I would assume that they were the Scottish rocks too. I mean, and that'd be another interesting episode. It would be is to, cool to see how much they cost at the time. I mean, importing rocks from Scotland, to Winnipeg at that time. Yeah. That would be an interesting Yeah, figure. I would love to know that. Uh, I wonder where how we would go about that. No <laughs> Dive into the history of the Elsa Craig Island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the St. Paul one here, my next article I'm looking at is uh, 1917. Um, this was in the, the Ward County uh, what in Inquirer, which was just like the Minot paper then. Um the Minot team went the following year to the St. Paul Carnival again, um, and this year they won the all-comers event. So the the year before, the only notables, we sent a woman, and then the next year we go and they won the all-comers. And I, I think from looking around at how these tournaments were ran, typically they would schedule for teams that like were on invites and local clubs, and they would play a bracketed tournament, and then they would have like an all-comers side where local teams would play anybody who showed up, and they would track it for points. So they they won that open event at the St. Paul Carnival, which I isn't I, I think that's impressive, right? Going back to like our episode about uh, what do you like curling and how the sports are. I think that ties into that even a hundred years ago, like, oh, hey, like we started a club, got a couple years of practice under our belt, and like now we can go and compete and like, you know, clearly not the best. They didn't win like the invitational round, but like they won the open one. And right. I think that's, that's a good sign. Well, and against team, like people you've never curled against, you're just hopping into a brand new town, taking on probably the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, this is Minnesota. This like is they're, they're pretty good curlers yeah, over there. Yeah, pretty good. I'd say some of the 
second best in the world. Yeah, didn't they just win that team in the Olympics, right? Those guys? Not the last Olympics, but a couple Olympics ago, I think they did okay. Was that the, I thought the US team won the last one. Am I? No, that We're going to have to clip this out. We're going to have to clip this out. That was two ago. Oh, God. Yeah. It wasn't so good last year. I'm editing this. You guys can't stop me. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're editing this, if you're cutting this out, we're cutting out the fact that you, you beat us. No deal. All right. No deal. No deal. <laughs> All right. So there, was wanna... a, there was a particularly entertaining article, Wes, that you pulled up from oh, 1919. Oh, we're that one? Okay. Because oh, I think yes. we're going to have some discussion Did we do... on this one. The, the minor delegation to Moose Jaw. <laughs> That's a good one. We're yeah, that's that a good one. one. Yeah, get your other. Just a little out. precursor here. We we started to notice upon reading these that the 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 authors of these articles had fun. Um, things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to write in today's paper. They they went into some detail, and not oh. only did the the authors had fun, these curlers had fun. I was going to say the authors and the subjects of the story had a. It sounds like they had an absolute blast. It does. Yeah, it's so, it sounds like. Things haven't changed that much. No, just to preview it. All right, Clay, take it off. Well, okay. I, I, there's going to be some direct quotes here, but minor curlers entertain royally in Canada. So, Wes, you and I can kind of both uh, go through this one, but I'm just going to read this word for it in the start, and then we're going to pick interesting excerpts. So, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, the Minot Curlers Special arrived here at 11 o'clock this morning, and one of the most enjoyable bond spiels in the history of Moose Jaw has been in progress today. The Minot Curlers rode in on a special coach attached to the number 107 and were given an ovation upon their arrival that would have pleased even His Royal Highness King George. The Minot Curlers wore the blue Why Not Minot Carnival uniforms and marched through the streets singing. Uh, Wes, you have to do this. I refuse to sing this. You want me to put the auto tune on? Ma, 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 my not. Why not my not? Of the Northwest, she surely is the hub. Okay, now skip the second verse. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. That's well, enough you can of that. do it if you want. <laughs> Ruined his day. <laughs> ruined his day. Turn on the auto tune. I, I busted it out there. All right. Okay. M- members of the Moose Jaw Curling Club met the minor players a hundred miles down the line and escorted them to Moose Jaw in real style. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm picturing kids with miles. flags on poles. <laughs> it's and like they're running by the train because this is an old steam engine, you know. So she's just crawling down the tracks. It's like a V-Day celebration in New York in 1948. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is in 1919. This article is from, so they they did have practice from the, uh, yeah, uh, they'd, they'd won the war already. Oh, yeah, so they yeah, were yeah, busting yeah. it back out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll say this too. I, I would give a crisp $100 bill right now to see a picture of these blue uniforms. Oh, yeah. Because I, oh, yeah. I, I want there were no events of particular interest on the special, except an inventory was taken of what each man wore. For instance, A.M. Thompson was attired in the cutest little suit of mauve pajamas imaginable. Dr. R.W. Pence wears a pink nightcap to keep his beautiful pompadour locks in shape. I, and I'm, I'm picturing those old old wigs, but I, I don't think it is right. Like it's not the, the old. Uh, I can only English imagine. Wigs, you know, I like think the that's Parliament like a, ones. Like a slicked back it hairstyle. Really makes the ridiculous outfits we see at our bond spills look fairly. Yeah, like there's a guy in a paps we onesie, and you're on like, you're guys. like, oh, that guy stands out. It's like, no, 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 this dude has a pink nightcap and a mauve pajama set. So they just rolled off the train after a oh, two-day see, bender. The next, see, Arlen, yeah. Oh, 
Dr. Kermot there and he is. Reverend Erickson, Reverend Erickson, mind you, accompanied, or sorry, occupied the stateroom, usually charted by millionaires. The visitors simply cannot spend a cent anywhere in Moostra. All cigar stands, hotels, restaurants, etc., have received instructions to inform the minor players that their money is counterfeit. <laughs> Which I I read that the first time I read that I thought it meant that they like said your money's no good here, but I think what they meant right was that don't take much, any money from these guys because it's fake. Like they they, they essentially blackballed them, them oh, and yeah. all the yeah. businesses in town. Yeah, <laughs> like, your money is no good. You're here. gonna this is liter- literally no good. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> like no the amount of organization and trolling. <laughs> Prior to this is unimaginable at this time. That's saying that it, for going to every bar in town in Minot right now. It's just, Moose Jaw in 1919, though, so it was probably one street. Uh, maybe. No, was, no okay. these were arguably... Okay. The, we, this was a bigger towns. town than Minot, right? No. no so, but it was... The states were big. The provinces were big. There's more people from homesteading. It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because this is pre-prohibition. This is pre-prohibition. And Musha and Minot are both towns that were known as Little Chicago. Like, Prohibition is kind of what built these towns, aside Loaded from the railroad. Musha, right? Loaded in Musha, shifted across the border. Um, so it's funny that this is all happening pre-prohibition, too, because these are they're smaller than they are now and smaller than they were in the 30s, obviously. But the fact that, like, yeah. like you said, they're very similar towns, and they're just hosing these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we go? Are we jumping after this one? Or you want Nolan, you got a funny one from this article to go I didn't, with? I didn't get a chance to rip through this. Oh, um, uh, let's see. Okay. I, I've, I've, I've got a stretch here to read. Um, so, so we're getting to, uh, the, the, the author jumps around a little bit, but it, the clo- closing on when the, the Minot curlers go home, they said tired, but subliminally happy. The Minot curlers returned from their Canadian bond spiels early in the morning. Um, and most of them are spending the day in bed trying to make up, in some degree, for the sleep they lost. So it's like, yeah, that's a that's that a field tradition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's not because of time change. There's it's no not. there's no jet lag in there. Um, and then they they have this section. I'm going to read it pretty quick here because it's a little long. But I I, I do like the uh, well, you'll appreciate this. No, oh, yeah. the Canadian. So the Minot Curlers won not quite half of the games played in the Moose Jaw Spiel, but they won in points 178 to 175. The ice was in perfect condition in each of the rinks, and the Minot players actually did some classy playing. It would not behoove them to return, claiming that they were superior to their Canadian blood brothers in a game that originated in the land of the heather, and which has been played in Canada for many years. Canadians learn the game as youngsters and it requires many years of practice to become an expert in the art as our friends in the land of porridge and black tea. There were curlers pitted against Minot who have been playing for as long as 31 years. It is an old man's game and that that is that is the longer a man plays it, the more adept he becomes. The young man, no matter how agile he may be, has to take his hat off to the old-time Canadian curler who never fails to get the broom, who seldom misses the weight, who never becomes excited, and who seldom misses an opportunity to lay a shot. The Minot players returned from an increase with an increased respect for the ability for the ability of their gentle gentlemanly opponents and thankful that they had an opportunity to meet them and to learn much concerning the game that is so popular throughout the Northland. And I, I, I don't know. That one's not as funny, but I, I like that. You know, yeah, it's, it's like talking about like, you know, yeah, it's a it's a game of experience. And I think it's funny that uh, even 100 years ago, that attitude about like, well, the Canadians have an advantage because like it's ingrained in them. And it's like we were doing really good in 1919 and we we, we slacked off for 100 years. For it looks like because it's still the same story <laughs> up here, you know, it's yeah, 
just the amount of people that do it up there, right? Like, like, like they said in the article yeah, from a hundred years ago, you start curling at a very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come out with a hockey stick or a curling broom. And I'm going to get one one sentence from a, a couple paragraphs later that that sums it up. Uh, one almost has to be a curler in order to become a blood brother to the Canadian. That's why we're all good friends. Yeah, yeah. So there, I I don't have it in front of me right now, but I did remember you talking about an excerpt about some other antics from the Canadians. Oh, okay. I was I, well. Do you guys have anything in the middle page here? Because this I, one's on the last one. I, I did not, but I do have some other. I, notes I on again a later for the listeners. Um, this funny article. I'm I'm betting is close to ten thousand words. It's like three pages of very fine print. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip here to uh, some of the match recaps. Um, at the end. So again, it's our boy uh, L. H. Kermot who's got the cool wife. Um, Doctor L. H. Kermot's rink was supposed to be pitted against a rink skipped by a deaf and dumb artist with a one-legged man throwing third the doctor disliked such easy pickings and when and really felt sorry for the wayburn skip as he vainly tried to direct his players with violent gesticulating after playing four ends the deaf and dumb skip proved to be robert johns one of the leading wayburn curlers he grew tired of holding his tongue johns proved to be a good actor and not one member of the kermont rank suspected that they were being worked <laughs> much to the delight of the entire aggregation so picture that picture that this uh this this notable doctor uh, gets on the train remember he's one of the guys that rode in the stagecoach for millionaires on the 107 up to moose jaw and then they play this like three town triangular tournament he gets into wayburn and they're like oh yeah you got to play this deaf and dumb like local artist who they you know it's i think the thing is he's probably begging for change on the corner right yeah. <laughs> you got a, a one-legged guy throwing third and the doctor's like oh this is too easy pickings i don't feel right about it as like a gentleman or something and then they get four ends in and the guy's playing it up and he's like yeah all right i'm done with the charade yeah. like just turns the screws to him <laughs> and cook something like the whole you know everybody they're spectating is in on it too right and they all kept their mouths just, shut just the fact that they like <laughs> They orchestrated this through multiple towns. Oh, God. No text messages. They had no. planning for this level oh, this took of sh- shenanigans. Yeah. It's like, we got these boys coming up from down south. They're going to have a hell of a time, but we are going to also have a hell of a time. But yeah, it's, oh. it's just like, like you said, I'm going to pretend to be really bad at this game. I'm not going to say a word. My skip's only got one, or my third's yeah. only got one leg. The whole crowd's in on it. It's and then like, we're just going to put the boots to them. It's like that classic Hustlers one. You know, everybody like, don't play pool against guys in yeah. the bar when you turn 21 because they'll they'll toss the first game and put, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's that. But I think played to just a degree that makes it the that chef's many kiss. more people chef's watching kiss. it, yes. too. Yes. <laughs> I, I hope he did place a substantial bet. I, so. yeah, well, I really bet. hope so. He, he had there to ride money. coach on I, the way back. There was no millionaire stage car. He had to trade some his good, pajamas in. Some good prizes on the line. Had, had to else. call his wife and tell her to pick him up. <laughs> so this excerpt, we're, we're, we're jumping ahead a few years. This is 1928. I'm not sure if you have oh, one you between got? them. I got, I, I, we did manage to find some uh, some of the more recent bond spiel. Um, and there's prizes for these ones. Okay. The prize list for the 1928 mine at Bonspiels were quite interesting, to say the least. So I'll just go through a couple. They had multiple events. There's four distinct events here. So, first event. Four gents' wristwatches valued at $68. Second prize for the first event. Four bathrobe and slipper sets valued at $40, which, by the way, would be an awesome prize today. We should work on that. <laughs> Slippers and bathrobes? Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get Grain Belt plant branding on them. Yeah. 
This actually uh, would be good. Fourth yeah. place. Be yeah, great. I wouldn't turn this that down. Great. Fourth place for silk ties valued at ten dollars. That's not, the first event. Okay, I was like, not as great, but not as great. It's silk. So second event. Now I'm going to skip around here. Third prize, or sorry, fourth prize. Four boxes of Funks chocolates valued at eight dollars. Still be a good prize. Still be a good prize. No. Third event. Second prize. Four Schaefer lifetime pens valued at thirty-five dollars. Those are probably baller pens. For thirty-five dollars for pens? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm imagining those fancy ones with like the calligraphy tip and like the little thing oh, yeah. on the side oh, that yeah. like you pumped it. I think to pr- yeah. is that pressurizing the cartridge or something? That little flap on the side of the cool pen? I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure. I, they're they're definitely cool. not ballpoint. I can tell you that. Yeah, their own little no. wood case. You know, you open it up, you send in your ink bottle. I don't, probably not ink bottle. Yeah, I mean, fourth place was four Parker pencil sets valued at twelve dollars. So hey. it gives you an idea. There you go. And a fairly common fourth prize I'm seeing, fourth place I, or third place I'm seeing here is boxes of cigars. Value to twenty dollars pop. The one thing, so I, I've seen you've showed me this before. The fact that the robes went before the cigars surprises me. Those got to be some comfy robes. They absolutely do. I mean, just the value of everything. In now, do you think they were like a bathrobe, like we think of now, or do you think these are like what you'd wear in the men's club in the smoking lounge while you had your cigars like, that uh, you couldn't buy in Moose Jaw though because you've been blackballed? Oh yeah, you can't. Well, your money's no good. Yeah, your money's it's no good. Counterfeit. Moose Jaw. <laughs> um. You think of like a like a Hugh Hefter kind of? I'm, yeah, role. I'm thinking like a like I want to say leisure suit, but not that because because it, it wasn't yeah. the 70s. Because yeah, it wasn't the 70s. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Hugh Hefner's time. Wait, right. well, he was probably alive. Definitely right. was alive. I do got to do the shout out here. Yeah. Um, I think this is officially our longest episode ever because we are rolling over to 37 minutes now oh, okay. before we clip out the edits. <laughs> Dude, don't roll your eyes. You said you were. We got anything fun to close on? I I think one thing we didn't touch on was there's a really cool tournament. Um, They used to have, I'm going to pull the sheet up here, they used to have an inner city championship. um, And the highlights for that, it was inner city city challenge cup for Northwest Curlers. Um, So it was a a Minot got this prize together, um, and it was a, a traveling trophy, essentially. And so whoever, what club would win, it was a club trophy, so a team would win it for the club. It would reside at that club. And then, uh, there was a number of clubs around the state, um, and they were actually both along the rail lines. They spell that out, don't they? Along the Sioux line and the Great Northern line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had to be a club on one of those lines, uh, I think, because train was the preferred method of travel. So you had to be convenient. Um, and what they would do is a team would contact, write a letter or a telegram to the secretary of the curling club that had the trophy, say, hey, we're going to come challenge you for it on this date. And it had to be like three days out again for logistics reasons. Um, and then they would go play and it was up to the club to like prep the ice and host the event, you know, and they uh, they would have to bear that cost, um, you know, whatever nominal one it was in the, the 20s. And then if they won, the, the team that won it would take the cup back to their club. So like, you know, the uh, well, I want to say Grafton, but I don't think their club was, uh, the, the train track didn't go through right. there. Um, so let's say like the Jamestown Club or the Portal Club, um, you know, then you, my not team, would have to hop on the train and like go try to win their trophy back. And I think that that's like a pretty neat thing. And what was my comment before? Um, you know, it just it seems like there was more intercity camaraderie 
in this way than like maybe there is now. Like we know people in like the Bismarck Club and we've got ties to them and stuff. And, you know, we know people like the Grafton Club and the Fargo Club and the Grand Forks Club and the, you know, um, but like we don't have like a, a traveling trophy with them, you know, that we, we might go to the events they host. They might come to the events we host, but you know, it's not like this. No specific. My club is, is the winner and your club is not. Yeah. I mean, we have the regionals now too. So like maybe that took some of the place of it too, but like this is just such, I think such a neat thing. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a fun thing and it'd be kind of cool to see that come back in a way, which it might be hard to facilitate. We should check the trophies at the club. I wonder if like, it's still one of those old ones up there, like that really dinged up cup. You guys know what I'm talking about? The one that looks like it got dropped off a three story building. The Holy Grail. Yeah. The Holy yeah. Grail cup. Maybe that was what that was. Yeah. For. Could have been. Take a peek at it. Yeah. It was supposed to be silver by the way. So maybe we can polish that up and check. 1927 <laughs> BC. If there's no. any, <laughs> any members of other clubs that are listening to this too, and you want to get this started, hit us up. Cause I think it'd be a great idea to, to try and bring something like that back. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it could fit in too. It's like, they just, you drive up whenever, you know, like, yeah, you're coming on Friday. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the club open and we'll, we'll curl you Friday. You know, oh, you, I, you I think it's fun too, that it's not like a defined team. It's just like, we open up the club. Like, Hey, who's showing up to, to curl these guys. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm down. You see a lot of like small towns do stuff like that with their, like their rec softball leagues, right? They'll travel from town to town to play. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It'd be kind of cool. All right, sweet. All right. Well, I, let's wrap up. We're at we're over forty now. All right, so, yeah. All so right. we'll 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 cut her quick here. Um, again, any ideas, topics, anything you want us to discuss, just hit us up. But uh, otherwise, have a good evening. Bye.